Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, yes. my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. I am Godless. And this is your That's weekly all examination all. of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, you can find us every week on Monday, most of the time, at metalsucks.net. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed and all that good stuff. Just go to iTunes uh, and search Metal Sucks Podcast. You will find us there. And you can find us on Stitcher and many other podcasting apps and that sort of thing. Man. Do reviews and blog about us or whatever, or whatever. so that way other people will find the show. Yeah, you know, pass it on if you, if you enjoy it. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Or if you hate us, uh, spread the word. That's another way to do it, too. <laughs> I'm at Bearded Ape on Twitter. And I am at Godless Speaks. So you can communicate with us directly as well as the speak pipe link that we have at the bottom of every single page that we post a, a podcast on. You can leave us a message. Please. Uh, and, you know, show starter topic thing whatever you want to talk about yes feel free because we uh you know we need your help or get creative wasn't there that one guy who plugged a show <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that was a good one, yeah, was a good one. <laughs> you never know you know it, it, it might, if it twiddles us or whatever the hell you want to, yeah we, we we might actually uh you know use it all you need is like a mic on your computer and you're good to go right yeah pretty much yeah uh, and make, everybody's got a mic on make it a good one yeah. You know, a, a halfway decent mic. Yeah. <laughs> something. Some of them are. <laughs> Those are good, too. This week, we have, uh, we've got an exclusive interview. I don't think it's actually that exclusive, but we got to talk to Ivar from uh, Enslaved. Nobody else had the conversation with Ivar I, that we did. I doubt, I doubt that. Yeah. We had a good conversation with Ivar, and uh, we got to listen to the new record in times, so we're going to play something new off of that Can I say uh, for you in this podcast. He, he, as the like you know little kernels that people like want to hear the interview he tells us the future of enslaved Mm. you want to know he tells us exactly what's going to go down Uh, because now we've decided that every interview we do we have to ask the five and ten year plan from everybody where do you see yourself in five years this is like the first dude who actually has one (laughs) he does (laughs) well and you know i mean when you've been playing music as long as that dude has i mean since he was what 10 he's been in a black metal band i mean you you gotta have a plan yeah he's the gene simmons to the other dudes paul stanley and how i would have i think i would have gotten it backwards you would have thought so right yeah yeah, but he also seems very like he knows he's got his head on straight with the you know what I mean like very. Uh, it, it's so funny because I think people think about metal dudes and bands like they're just aloof and they're just out there we're just fucking making metal you know yeah all right it's happy to be here it's like this dude has got his head on straight and it's pretty awesome actually yeah. so he's got some young kids at home and and he's he's a very focused guy and, and it's uh, really good to talk to him actually yeah. so it's one of your dream interviews well enslaved to me are like top of top of the me- top of the f- metal freaking food chain i mean Re- reiter for me was like a mind blowing album yes and and to me like they're they've always been one of those bands that I, I but just, when you get that kind of distance in your career and you're able to create something that is that sort of expansive and new that's impressive very you know, it's, it's very hard to get what eight ten albums in and go 
boom, here's something shocking and awesome. Their you know? steel wheels should have been a decade ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, and, and it, it's, okay i mean i've seen you i've seen you sort of dork out on a few bands before but i remember when we went on seventy thousand tons of metal the first time and we went to see that show ahead of time you're like wait wait wait! i i, I gotta stop because they were out there at the back of their trailer yeah i, I at least gotta shake their hands man. I, gotta I, I gotta shake their hands so yeah, yeah i was when we booked this one, I, I think I heard you squeal. Yeah, I did. Just a little bit. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God. I don't think it was a little. <laughs> I heard it through Twitter, so it had to be kind of loud. But then I listened to like every other interview they've ever done, and I'm like, oh boy. This is going to be a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But I thought, but it, it yeah, turned no, out great. No, he was really awesome. Yeah. Well, because you never, you also never know, too, like where those things are going to run with, you know, their sense of humor or what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and totally was in on in on the joke, too. So. Yeah. All right, yeah. we got songs. So, you know, hold on. So we're going to play something new from that. We're also going to play something new from Lee McKinney, uh, which you brought up to me. Yeah. Uh, he's the guitar player for Born, Born of Osiris. Osiris. And it's going to tie into what we want to talk about in the back end about Papa Roach. <laughs> we're talking about Papa Roach. No. <laughs> you brought up this topic idea. And I'm like, do we really want to talk about Papa Roach? Well, for we're like not 20 talking minutes? about Papa Roach. Okay, we're talking right. about. We're going to. We're gonna suck the marrow out of the Papa Roach post that that was uh, Sergeant D posted. Yes, yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna suck the marrow out of that and and uh, speak about that here in a little yeah. bit. So yeah, that's very good. But uh, if you notice this week, uh, South, South by Southwest is coming up here in a few weeks. A lot of good shit. A uh, couple mm-hmm. of good shows, uh, but really. Uh, they posted one of like one of those South by people and posted a list of all the metal shows that are coming up and it was like three paragraphs because there was yeah. not that much. Yeah, there's just not that much metal. But of course, the metal that is happening is but, going to be sponsored by what? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what were you saying? I was going to say we're, we've got a panel at South by Southwest. Well, we do. But That's how much more metal. Well, it's actually not a metal panel. Yeah, so it's about it's still be cool. Yeah, no, it's cool. We got a panel, but also we uh, Metal Sucks has got a showcase again. Uh, which is good. They're hooking up with WSOU, the other station that plays metal in, in the United States, twenty four seven. That's right. <laughs> Great. Way I've got. The, I've got one of them. Yes. By the way, just 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 a reminder. <laughs> NoControlRadio.com quality. Uh, well, that's, metal. I think th- I, that's what they posted. I think the difference is is that I don't play actual quality stuff on my twenty four seven metal channel. So I'll give it to them. No, WSOU is like one of those great. I, I've met, every time they come in for South by Southwest, it's always great to meet those kids because they're like the bright eyed, bushy tailed, gung ho metal kids that like think they can conquer the world. And I'm like, you so haven't been struck down and jaded yet and it's like it's just impressive to see because i'm like you're gonna hate your life here in about mm, two years <laughs> it's coming. just give it some time and you're gonna think this whole thing sucks it's like watching like one of those like surfer videos where you can see the wave coming behind them but they don't <laughs> well because so many great people and i mean so many people that, that we know in the industry and that uh, have gone to, to sou and and come out of there and done some really cool things but unfortunately there's not a lot else to do yeah <laughs> so it's like <laughs> damn it uh but yeah it's it's really great to like see them during south by southwest so they're also sponsoring the metal select showcase uh as well as uh the metal injections got a showcase on thursday but it's messed up because you know i'm here in austin i've got a radio show that has been on the air for 10 years i've never had a showcase man 
that's part. Of, that's the thing. I, I think I just haven't asked the right person. I think that's all. Yeah. The only thing I, mean, I need to like figure you out. I might need to pony up a few dollars too. I just, I think we just have to figure out who that dude is. There's like one dude. <laughs> yeah. who like, hey, here, okay, there's where it goes. I yeah. don't know, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's going to be a good showcase because. Uh, I think like the biggest metal or the only metal really stuff that's happened in Durant South by is sponsored by Metal Sucks and Metal Injection this year. So because like Fallujah, uh, Byzantine, Legion, Elder, Arcspire, they're all on the Metal Sucks showcase. Then who's it? Vela Maya, Cancer Bats. Ken uh, Mode. Ken Mode. I love Ken Mode. You know, that's the next night. And I think there's one other night with like uh, Weed Eater and a few other bands. I think maybe Friday night during South by Southwest. Unlocking so. the Truth. Oh, that's, yeah. Another showcase. Yes, indeed. So everybody wants to see them. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be awesome. So, <laughs> I don't know. South by Southwest is one of those times I don't know if we're going to spend a lot of time trying to interview any bands because yeah. it's such a nightmare. It's a cluster. It's a nightmare to try to get people to sit down or find anybody. Because, oh, man, my texting didn't work. <laughs> well, you're full of shit. Whatever. Yeah, I know your phone works. <laughs> yeah, it's just a it's just a bitch to try to corner people. But uh, I think it's going to be a good uh, another good year. So that's that's all coming up very soon. Yeah. Uh, if you're stuff. in Texas, come on down. There's free stuff and tickets <laughs> to everything and, you know, all that. And, you know, some badass metal shows. Metal Parking Lot 2, which will be good. That's King Parrot and... Uh, uh, King Parrot yeah, and that's Weed Eater. Weed Eater, yeah, their tour kickoff show. Got it. It's not like an official showcase or anything like that. Yeah. So there's some good, uh, there's good stuff this year. Cool. No Metallica playing at a venue with a thousand people in you it or anything know, like that. Might be a surprise in there. <laughs> It'll be uh, Natalie and Bruglia or something good like that <laughs> yeah. uh, doing a reunion show at the Parish. You know. For- 30 people <laughs> awesome it's the best day ever somebody playing a doritos machine <sighs> actually that's not happening this year but uh, anyway i digress we need to get into our interview with ivar from enslaved on the metal sucks podcast oh, That's Chuck, and I'm Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast. If you don't mind, I'm going to spend this entire interview on my knees in worship of Enslaved. Wow. Yeah. That's that's one way to do it. <laughs> All right, I'll just sit there. Great, thanks. Chair. Are you, are you uh, talking to us from home? Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing this actually from my home, yeah. Oh, mm. kick ass. I don't hear, like, screaming babies in the background. D- oh, yeah, she just... She did have. Uh, she just finished screaming like two minutes ago. Oh. So, so I'm expecting another round in uh, quite soon. But do, my wife's going to take care of that, I guess. Do Do you ever like yeah, hear that screaming and go, "Oh my god, that would make a great song"? Yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> it's it's kind of because it had actually with the babies. It's more of like a tender reaction. Oh, yeah. So it's it's more of like the the other way, kind of. Like the mellow parts and that sort of softy, squishy, squishy things that come out of of the baby, you know, the whole baby thing. <laughs> so yeah, you're pretty young, like less than a year is the young one, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. A- unless Thank it you. was, you know, sort of not planned, in which case I'm sorry. But yeah, it was pretty. It was planned. Oh, okay. Cool. We had one, and then sort of like spent time with all these families where. They had two kids and saw how, like, the, the brother and sister or whatever, or siblings were um, able to play with each other and so on. And uh, 
with me going away all that uh, <clears throat> so much over the years, we figured it would be more humane for <laughs> have, already having us for parents is bad enough. So they should at least have like a, a sibling to complain about us too. I imagine everybody agrees with you except your wife. She's like, leaving me with these two babies is not humane. Yes, that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of what she says. Yes, that's <laughs> uh, so many words. Well, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be tough on you. I mean, being a father of two young ones and being on the road as much as you are. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's uh, it gets you get sentimental from time but time to time but then again this this whole thing that we're doing right now the skype this uh, fabulous invention is, it's it's really helping a lot um, i can notice a difference from being away like i didn't have kids then but but just the whole skype thing really connects well and it works well with kids too because when they sort of figure out the whole thing of that you're not behind the computer or inside it and they sort of uh, settle down with just the concept of they don't think too much about how it's happened but they really connect and get i would guess both parent and child get that whole uh comfort feeling of, of having sort of connected in a sense yeah because they, so they, they can see you it helps out a lot exactly you know just hearing your voice on a phone is a little not not quite the same Exactly. And I remember like the first time I went on tour after we had uh, the first baby some uh, three years ago. Um, and I saw on Skype, but I got like more and more sort of confused because she was growing really fast. Uh, and I noticed my wife was noticing how like totally shocked I was every time we talked together. So she pulled this little thing when I got back home that she, I can't remember what it was, but she put some stuff under the, the baby's comforter and made me believe that she was she'd grown like almost a meter more than she had actually done <laughs> and i was all like holding my cheeks and screaming like oh my god this how is this even possible in one month and she's and then finally she took away as it was like a practical joke but she, <laughs> your wife is awesome <laughs> that is so yeah, i think it was a good thing like giving me a heart attack when I get back home. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to convince you that those tours shouldn't be quite so long. Yes. Well, yes. let let us talk you into making longer tours if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I mean, that, that, I mean that does have to. I mean, first when you're like you just get married or you're in a relationship that has to change your perspective on touring. But then when you throw kids in the mix on top of it, oh man, that, it just got, has to be so much harder. Yeah, but then again, it's something that we've done. I think it's easier for uh, for us uh, uh, since it's all we've ever done, in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> it's a bit of a dramatic comparison here. I'm not saying like uh, you could even compare, but when I think it makes sense when people say, when you ask like a blind person, uh, they always get these annoying questions of, oh, do, don't you wish you could see stuff? And the person who's born blind, they get annoyed by the question because they I have no idea how I can miss something. I don't know what is and so on. Uh, while the people who lose their sight after having had it, it it's, it's got to be horrible. So I think that's, since we've been doing this since I was 11, being in a band and started touring at 15, 16, uh, I have no idea how it is to have that kind of normal uh, thing at home. Um and so I can't say that I'm missing it. It just feels, not, you know, going on tour is a natural part of, it's the, yeah, it's a natural part of life. Just one more thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So how did you how did you meet your wife? I mean, in the midst of all of all that being, you know, that you've been on tour since you were 15, basically. Yeah. Um, she was uh, doing production for a mu- the music video for Isa, the song itself. Uh-huh. She's part of the produ- producer team for that one. Uh, so, yeah. yeah uh-huh. It had to be in connection with Enslaved, of course. <laughs> I was going to figure, I was going to say, it would have to be something like in, in your circle, because, I mean, you, you just, it's, it'd be hard to get out of that circle, you know? Exactly. So that was great, great way of meeting because uh, we spent this entire weekend up in the mountains filming that, and there was no way she could get away from me because she was there working. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you get to be you got to be like tough all the weekend with your guitar and like you didn't actually you didn't have to like convince her that you're in the band when you're just <laughs> there. Doing your music video. Did she know about the band ahead of time? No, not really. Oh, see, that's the coolest way because now she, you know you can like convince her that you're like a, a worldwide rock star. Yeah, we're, we're huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally make make up stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> but they, was she like uh, uh, you know when she you're, you're hearing that song over and over? I imagine all week long when you're shooting that video. Is she did she become a fan of the music or did you did you sort of have to talk her into it over time? No, she did. She did big time, especially that the, the East album was the first she had. I remember going through her CD collection and thinking, like, oh, my God, how can this work? There's so much. <laughs> I've done that, too. <laughs> but then there was, like, this, I think there was Ride of Lightning was in there and some My Dying Bride. And right. So there's always, you know, there's always hope. Alice in Chains. <laughs> uh, and then, so Isa album was, that's the first, like, experimental album she got into. Uh, and now she's, uh, yeah. Did you have to fend off the other guys in the band during the video shoot? No. Uh, it wasn't anything. Any, that wasn't a problem. Did you announce dibs like day one or, or <laughs> is it like a code? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that good at being subtle. So I think she did notice from uh, rid- ridiculous behavior and this like m- manic attempts at impressing her all the time kind of thing. Because I'm the kind of guy that e- either I'm like not sensing things that going that's going around uh, on around me or um totally manic uh, with it so i guess that that's the one time they saw me actually being like really super interested i gotta like rewatch uh, that video i want to see if there's like a moment in there where you do something totally out of character because you were trying to impress her you know that sort of thing <laughs> yeah you should look at it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should too. <laughs> <laughs> Just me, you gotta pull it off YouTube. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. So she knew going right in that you're gonna be on the road the whole time, and she was willing to kind of part of the deal. Yeah, she had to become part of that relationship that, that the relationship you have with the band. Yes, that's uh, that's absolutely yeah. That's how I guess that's was perfect in that sense because then. She could see like how we function, or, or rather, in in our case, as many other bands, how we do, dysfunction uh, around each other. And uh, yeah, she, she'd seen. I, I guess when you've been with a band for a video shoot like that, and and also like the first year when you're going with us for for a lot of the uh, shows and so on, uh, then you've pretty much seen the worst side, I guess. 
everything after that becomes, you know, in any, any other situation, I'll be drinking less, smelling better, <laughs> and being, you know, a better mood gen in general than I would be on, on a tour or video recording session. So that's, that's actually pretty good advice to sort of find the worst. But then again, that's what I do 90% of the time is the band thing. So it, it had to be an honest thing like that. You know? She had to fall in love with your 90%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're with uh, Grudel for as long as you have, is there anything about that relationship that you learned that makes your marriage work better as a result? Yeah, the, the whole being in the band thing you're thinking about? Well, so yeah. You, been, you, you guys have been together since 91. I mean, the two of you. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And that, I mean, that's that's quite a I, I don't. I have one relationship in my life that is that long. And he's my, you know, my best friend. So yeah. it's like, it's got to be, you got to build all kinds of, I mean, it's going to affect the rest of your life too. Do you learn how to communicate? Do you learn how to cuddle? I mean, what is it that makes it? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, it's definitely been a learning experience that could, when you say it like that, that could uh, be good for, for a marriage thing, because I guess we, we had to learn how to, <clears throat> how to get along. And it's, it's, it's all about like, Sounds so cheesy, but uh, respecting each other's sort of developments and, and outlooks on things and, and different phases that you go through phases where things are, you know, not that the, either one or, or both parties feel that the, the times are troublesome or that it requires extra hard work and so on to to be in that good state of mind all the time and, and sort of acknowledging uh, that uh, and at the same time, giving each other space is, is uh, important. Not in the sort of, like, the classical get home from work and and then go to the pub with the boys for the rest of the day. That's I think that's a misunderstood conception of space. It rather has to do with you have to, especially when you're in a family with kids, you have to, at least when I'm not on tour, be... <laughs> spend time together and, and do uh, things with the kids and, and all that. But space is more about like uh, letting each other develop in a sense. Like if you have an interest, be supportive of the other person's interest and, and, and so on. It's like me and Grutler, we, we've, there's so many things that are going in opposite directions and been going like he's, he's, when it comes to music, I like new stuff. I like to explore what's going on in the world of music or, like new metal bands, I'll go out and get the new Meshug album, and and he'll, you know, he'll be curious because he thinks Meshug is a dish, because he's <laughs> uh, <laughs> he likes to go the other way. He's like, if it's not made in a tiny Turkish uh, village in 1958, <laughs> then it, and exists on two vinyl copies in the entire universe, then it's probably not interesting. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's from after 1984. Well, uh, I guess I'm not interested. He's that kind of guy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's sort of going in different directions. But we try to keep it's interesting because then you, well, then you can sort of show each other what what you found in in, in these different explorations, and then we have all these common things uh, also. So yeah, I guess that's what makes it interesting. Well, I mean, for that long, I mean, it's basically like. A second marriage, almost. <laughs> well, not only that, but probably you've had like five different marriage, yeah. five different relationships with him. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. You, you guys have changed so much and so often. Absolutely, it's uh, 
but they're quite similar uh, in in the sense that they are quite ill-tempered and quite like ex- explosive people. It's, it's kind of fun with with. Luckily, they have only had a few sort of run-ins with each other because with that that's happened when they started getting grumpy with each other. That was scary. I think for the rest of us, we we're both oh. like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, when you mix that with alcohol, that's a that's <laughs> good time. Recipe right for disaster. <laughs> yeah. Is there ever been a time where you guys thought with this maybe we can't maybe we can't do this anymore? I was wondering about it actually in sometime in '98. Uh, remember, we were in the, over in the U.S. doing a little tour there. We had this there was this lineup after the Bloodham album, and it's I, I sort of thought that I felt quite exhausted uh, it, it had been we sort of restarted the band so many times we felt like we lost the, the drummer in 95 trim and then we got a new one for Eld and that guy it, it, it started out really well uh, it's a fun story and then we had this rehearsal in, in Bergen on a Friday we were rehearsing Friday Saturday Sunday and he came from a different town and we rehearsed for like 20 minutes and then he was just popping over to the store to get some beers, and he didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he had like ten of those beers directly. He was a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a drinker. So then he started forgetting what he was actually up to, and then just went on a total binge. Woke up on Monday and was like, "Oh fuck, rehearsal." Well, Bergen, Rebel. Bergen's still a relatively small city. Do you like see that guy around every once in a while? Yeah, he, he sobered up. Uh, after that, he's he's got uh, some new bands and stuff. After that, he remembers who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he recognizes. That he actually played in the band for a while. Yeah, yeah, you totally. know? yeah. it's pretty crazy times. So then we had a so like a, another new lineup, and we went to the U.S. and and it felt like starting over, over. And also, I guess I also felt that maybe the ambitions weren't totally lined up in the band. So when I felt like working harder and 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 sort of take. You know, Try some new things with the band, the new influences and so on, which I guess we did with the next one, Maldon. But at that point in the US, I, I think I said, like, when we got back home, I need a couple of weeks to to reconsider. Uh, or also started, I guess that was, uh, I was 21 then, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. 20, yeah, 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 21. Um, and so I was thinking, I've been doing this all the time. Um, what do people do when they're not in a band that takes all of their time? And how would it be to have sort of a quote-unquote normal life? Uh, I thought about that for like 11 days. And I got that's about that time I got so bored from not being totally stressed out with Enslaved that uh, <laughs> it's like, fuck this. I have to just keep doing this. So was it the secret, like some sort of like... Uh you just had to do it. You were driven to do it, and it it was just happened to be enslaved that you'd always done. Or was there something creatively that that you know? Because it seems like about that time was when enslaved really started to grow more than ever. Yeah, that was the decision. Sort of, it was. Uh, then it was totally clear for me that the the project that we had started enslaved, like from ninety one, that. That was sort of my life work, uh, and I just had to continue to do that. And I had to be had to be more of a sort of a no compromise thing, both in terms of m- music. At that time, 
the whole prog thing and, and uh, bands like The Swans or Neurosis and all that. I don't know if it's post-rock or post-metal or whatever it is, but that kind of alternative whole thing started becoming um, more <clears throat> um, important as inspiration. And it just was clear to me that it had to weigh, it couldn't just be in like my record collection and, and stuff I would listen to all the time. Um, it had to sort of come into the music also. Uh, that was the one side of the no compromise deal. And the other one was, it had to be like that in the band too, that if I as a songwriter wanted to spend listen this much time in, in the rehearsal room and on the road and so on I would need to be in a band where people committed had the same kind of commitment mm-hmm. um, and that's what eventually led to like the next lineup change I guess we tried for many years to, to sort of align the ambitions and, and eventually it didn't really work out uh, and yeah that's how we found like this the current lineup it's weird calling them like the new guys since they all came into the band in 2003, but uh, yeah, relatively. It's new like, guys. yeah, 12 years ago. So it's not yeah. quite the new lineup, you know, uh, yeah. at this point. But that, so were you ever scared that that you weren't going to be able to find somebody that you clicked with in that way? Or did, did it ever feel like it was? Because I think I read something with you that, that you were waiting for the right people. You weren't like looking for the right people. It was more uh, you wanted it to, to sort of gel versus finding somebody to keep continuing let's keep playing and let's yeah. keep going what well, it was le- it was more about finding like you said the people that were creatively in the same mindset absolutely that's what we changed we, we noticed that it was a bit of a uh, george costanza seinfeld thing where <laughs> where we thought like uh, every instinct we have seemed to go wrong if we act upon them so let's just do the opposite so we had been out looking for people actively and i guess that sort of didn't work so yeah that's what we did we we let people know that we were had some vacancies so to speak and if people were interested they should get in touch um it's just like more on a personal level like if you know someone that you think could be and so on uh, not not advertising it and we kept going we had i asked at the time icedale who was live like a flatmate flatmate from one of my best friends um yeah, asked him if he could uh, step in and, and do a session. Uh, he had done some session live work, but we were asking if he could step in and, and rehearse with us for the new material. Because now we were back to being a guitarist and a bass player, me and Jutla. So at that time, I would move over and do drums, and then I still would play my guitar parts, and Jutla would do the bass, just to keep the band going and work working with the material that would end up as below the lights, actually. And yeah, so of course the drums sounded like shit, and I had <laughs> like my thighs were thighs were all you know cramped up and full of <laughs> milk acid and so on. Yeah, but it was it was good times too because we just said fuck it, you know, we we're gonna keep going, uh, and and eventually of course we'll find someone. We can't be just the two of us who's into this stuff. Uh, and yeah, they turned up, and it was that kind of people who wanted that. Same. Playing the drums well, must have influenced a little bit of how you think about the music when you're writing it, too, I would imagine. Absolutely. Uh, it, it gave a different perspective uh, on that. Um, we got to slow also, this down. Yeah. We've got to give that drummer a break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah. It gave me respect for the, you know, on one side, it gives you big respect for, you know, their, their handcraft. 
On the other hand, it really underlines how fucking crazy an extreme metal drummer really is. If you do that voluntarily, then you're pretty much <laughs> insane. No kidding. Uh, anybody <laughs> trying to pull off blast beats for an hour and a half in a show, it's like, no, no. Yeah, you got to be nuts. So, so you're doing what for a living? Oh, okay, I see, yeah. So do you, do you feel like at this point that Enslaved is, there's just no chance it's ever going to fall apart? Tell me the yes. Tell me yes. it's never going to fall apart. No, it, 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 it can't. It's, awesome. There's some co- constructs um, that it's built upon. The, the foundations are pretty solid in, in terms of uh, there's some basic secret whatever, you know, agreements. Me and Gretel, we're, we're pretty good in terms of, of planning for various scenarios and so on. So uh, I see lots of like the weird weird ways the bands sort of fall apart or blow up rather um and i think that geez louise guys did you did you seriously not think about this scenario is that even possible because it's it's pretty easy it, it's rem- reminiscent of so many other situations in life being uh, you know uh, a partnership a, a marriage a business relationship whatever small company you have to go through all these like eventualities what happens if you know uh, an alien life form kidnap kidnaps me and starts writing <laughs> beyonce tracks and so on <laughs> under the enslaved moniker and and so you got to just secure for every kind of eventuality well we saw you guys with the monomarth and skeleton witch on that tour and i i mean it also looks like you guys are still because i bumped into you after the show or whatever and and it still looks like you guys are having a lot of fun. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, that goes a long way. Cause even uh, no matter how hard a marriage is or how hard work is or whatever it is, if you're not enjoying yourself, that just puts a, it's like, that's the nail in the coffin. Are you guys still enjoying yourself doing what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say if we, if we jolted down like the different, like made a, a cake diagram, or whatever of what, what we spend our time with, uh, on the tour, it would be that laughing would be an extremely big slice. Uh, awesome. We got this, you know, I think we're, we're lucky to have, we appreciate stuff that's absurd, unexpected and stupid is like the favorites. And that's perfect for a touring band. Sounds like you'd love our much, podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty much what happens on tour. You go out of the bus and then, like this stupidest thing you could ever imagine basically happens the second after you step out wherever you are. It's uh, it's it's great. No, we, one of the things that Chuck and I were talking about beforehand was how long it takes you guys between albums, and and for so for a number of years in this sort of. I don't know. Can we call this like the second era of enslaved, you know, since 2002, 2003, something like that. It's like yeah. you, you get an, an album a year, album every two years, sometimes EPs in a year. Yeah. But reiter for me is the greatest enslaved album by leaps and bounds. And I loved all of your stuff. Uh, but that to me was like the most creatively awesome album you guys had ever done it was definitely a leap forward and so it's been now almost three years since it, was it difficult to follow reiter was there or was there just so much touring that happened or what what has been uh, taking you guys so long yeah it was uh, it turned out i guess to be two and a half years or something from release to, to release which is which is actually a long time it, we ended up now after 
uh, Ritir with sort of the opposite problem of what we had when we were a really young young band. Because back then we had all the time in the world uh, and no ideas. <laughs> we had to like uh, try and come up with a way to start a song. And now it's the, after Ritir, it's just like so many ideas and no time to write them out. So coming back from uh, Australia in uh, November 2013, it was a bit of, okay, that's that's it. I, I, I can't wait anymore. So I just had to figure it, to rearrange some things in my life and, and to find time to write. Uh, stopping the live thing, that's not an option. That's also, that's what keeps the band going. It's sort of like a like an engine that gets, or a battery gets charged by, by being in motion in a sense. Uh, so now it's it's a good flow and we just have to keep that up uh, and then there's all the you know in the day things have to be done the band has to be run and so on uh, and then there's the family screaming kids all that stuff so I guess the the last option was just the, the, the night time after everybody else goes to sleep so it just had to take away take out two sometimes three hours of the normal sleeping schedule and reduce sleeping from seven, eight to four or five hours uh, a night, and then then it was then the calculation made sense and could start working in the studio during the night also, and 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 write out the album. So that's that's the reason the the ideas were just lined up and, and hammering on the door asking to be recorded, but uh, but it was had to do some rearrangements. So how do you pick so, those uh, those ideas for in times? I mean, how did you uh, how were you able to cipher those down into in, into a cohesive album? It started out with this album is uh, is unique in the sense that it's written pretty much in the order that the album is in. So this is pretty much a, a chronological uh, from the point. Thurisas dreaming the first riff there was like the first thing that was written, and the last riff on on daylight is the last thing. Uh, it was just that kind of album where everything, the ideas came in sequence, so to speak, that and the first one would be like this and a certain tempo, and then we'd move over to a more sort of mid-tempo thing. And, and everything was, it felt, I think it has to do with what I just mentioned, that all these ideas were there to begin with, and it was just about allocating time to record them and structure them. Hmm. And, and on all that sort of, um, what do you call it, uh, putting it off, putting it on hold uh, to find uh, time made, I guess that whole process just kept working by itself subconsciously or something because uh, that's how it felt like sitting down. It, it felt like just like a f- almost like a, a formalizing of something that had already been done. That's mm-hmm. how, how it felt. Mm-hmm. So a very easy album to write, um, like artistically, we won't call that, and logistically, the biggest challenge yeah. so far. Does that make? Does that sort of like free you to do all the other great stuff that you guys have done? That that the atmospheres and the you know the the weird changes and you know riffs that are awesome and don't pop up until six and a half minutes into the song, stuff like that. Yeah, it opens more for that kind of writing, I guess. That things are <clears throat> are able to the ideas are able to mature and it's. The song can sort of work itself out without being too much. There's not a lot of. I guess it's also got to do with experience. I'm getting better at at like 
don't send I'm not gonna censor ideas uh, the kind of okay this this song is it's too long or oh my god all the songs are long on the album we're not gonna be played on radio this time either which we wouldn't be anyways <laughs> yeah but all those like stupid stupid like little ideas and um, you have or this you can't have a song that's just comprised of, of stuff that doesn't repeat itself or yeah wait until six minutes by launching like the main theme of the song and, and, and stuff like that i'm just getting better at ignoring all those little yeah con- the annoying consciousness that you pick up on what's your what you're supposed to do and don't reiter was such a a, a fab for me like an all an all-time favorite metal album right was there do, do you agree or do you do you look back at your catalog and and it to you is it just another enslaved album do you have yes. favorites you know no not necessarily in a favorite and sort of like gold medal, silver medal kind of thing, but they're sort of favorites within their realm or whatever, and, and they all have, I guess I, for me, it's easy to start thinking about them as sort of steps in, in certain developments or changes in direction and so on. So it, it's more like that. I said, if I call something favorites, it would be the albums that signifies sort of changes or uh, big steps in, in, in processes and so on, which I guess makes like Frost that sort of took us out of nowhere and sort of into the world kind of thing is, is important. Below the Lights that sort of uh, marked the beginning of the second phase where we were including sort of, yeah, realizing some of these musical dreams. Uh, and then Riti, which is... Probably what, what in my head it, it symbolizes sort of a sort of a, a, the, the success of that decision that was made back in, in when we, we decided to go for that change. It felt like it, it was an album that uh, it sort of established uh, that direction in a sense. In a few years, maybe this, this new album will, will be something like that, too. Yeah, that, yeah that's my next question. Yeah. And then, all right, so anything special you guys are planning for your 25th anniversary next year? Yeah. Let's, the, the really big plan is just to have a 25th anniversary. We, we kind of spaced <laughs> out with the 20th. We're like, oh, man, oh, yeah, right. We were 20 last year. Damn. Or... Like this, an interview a couple of weeks ago, some guy said, why didn't you celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Frost album like every other band in, in your country has done? We're like, uh, oops. Yeah, that's <laughs> didn't really think about that. Oh, we're busy Time. making new music. Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But for the 25th, I want to do something. I don't know. It feels like a cool thing would be to maybe have a, a tour that's maybe not that ex- extensive necessarily, but do a few shows here and there and maybe do like a full album thing of, yeah, Frost could be one, Below the Lights could be one and, and do something like that for yeah, like awesome. a special thing. Oh, you just find like a theater that you could just, you know, you could do like five seven, nights in a row. Yeah, five nights <laughs> in a row and like a different album every night and people from all over the world come in and just spend all week. Maybe you could sell that, that sell that idea to a festival, you know, like one of those three day fests. We'll play three sets, three nights, three albums. Get paid three or four times. That'd be the shizzle. Yeah. yeah. 
That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, the new record is called In Times. comes out March 10th, and I think the world is going to be uh, pretty impressed by it, uh, to say the least. Chuck so. won't play it for me yet. I won't play it for him. I'm making him wait. I'm making him sweat. Uh. <laughs> my, my knees are getting sore dude thank you very much for uh for talking with us really appreciate it thanks thanks for having me on your show it's a good talk guys
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
music from Lee McKinney right there on the Middle Six podcast. That's called uh, Skylasher. More likely, he should have just called it the dude from Born of the Cyrus. Skylasher. Yeah. I like saying it like that. It's a lot more fun. Like Lee McKinney it sounds like he should be doing like. I don't know. With a name like that, it sounds like you should be doing a Steve Earle impersonation. <laughs> McKinney Falls. <laughs> you gotta like. So you gotta add something else there. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Well, I dig Born of Osiris. I don't dig instrumental. <laughs> like, well, anything probably. I'm, I mean, I I can't say that I don't because I kind of do. I like the blotted science stuff. I like uh, behold the octopus and some of that. And it's all it's all noodly. You know, it's like yeah. the Jar Zombex just playing guitar at, as fast as they can. Right. You know, so that's a lot of fun. It just sounds so masturbatory. Well, it is obviously you know self. Yeah, just. But do I? I don't hear anything out of that that. Isn't something that could be on the next Born of Osiris album, only it'd be good because it would actually be a song. Yeah, you just put the <laughs> over the top of it and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. is the rest of the band holding him back that much? Or did he just get a new computer? Yeah. I, I, I think he got a new computer and found that algorithm that that dude posted and you know, did some cool <laughs> the shit with the algorithm. And you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, well, like like you're saying when we were, before we started recording, was that the. It's the advent of the computer making it easier for people to make music doesn't mean that everybody needs to make music. Right. You know, it's like maybe, eh, eh, <clears throat> but uh, by the same token, if you didn't have that, you may not have a Misha Mansour who creates something like Periphery or, you know, th- things like that may not spawn out of themselves that they didn't do that sort of masturbatory stuff in the beginning to kind of create something new or whatever you know right. so you wouldn't have that at all if it, if it didn't exist that way so i guess i always figure when you're going to do a solo album it's like because the rest of the band is not interested in what you want to do then that seems like it makes sense like yeah. why would you make something that is similar to what you already do uh, as a side project right if you've got a good song unless the singer hates you yeah you know if you've got a good song hold it for the <laughs> bands that you can actually make some money on it if you've got a bunch of material that you're just going to throw away well, maybe you well, should just I mean, throw it he's away. Not, he's not throwing it away. I mean, it's put out right. by Sumerian. So, I mean, it it's, it's put out by a label. So, I mean, he's got it. It's out there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not like it just is out in the ether. And now it's on the Metal Slicks podcast. <laughs> right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, other people might dig it. So, it's good. I just I just don't have the time. But you wanted to relate this to the Papa Roach post from right. this week, right? Because, it, because Papa Roach is now gent. Yeah. <laughs> or... At least that's uh, according to Sergeant D, right? Yeah. So, so I thought it was really interesting because it's like I, I, I saw that post and I got to admit, right? So Last Resort is a really has a really great chorus. It's a great song. No, it, it's it, not. No, it is. a it, Dude, I mean. That whole rapping thing is really lame. In the whatever, verses. dude. I guarantee fucking to you. And no matter anybody listening to this show, how metal you think you are yeah. or whatever, when that song comes on, you know every word to it and you sing along with the fucker because oh. it came on. It yeah, became, I don't do that. Even me. Yeah. At my age. I mean, granted, I was the one that was pimping that shit on the radio when yeah. it came out. But at the same time, it's I know every word of that stupid song, huh. you know, and it's one of those songs that, that when yeah. you hear, you know, you're like, back up, you just you know it. <laughs> it's it's you can't avoid and, it. And dude, that that guitar thing, it's a good riff. It's a good riff. I'm not saying it's an awesome riff, yeah, but well, it's a good riff. Exactly. And so you know, like, and and I've paid no attention to Papa Roach beyond that song. Well, uh, other than the, other than Jacoby Shaddix talking shit about who did he do? Who did he talk shit about? Like oh. somebody. 
I don't know. I can't remember. He said he said some crap about somebody at oh, some point. Awesome. But like, like I, you know, so I, I when I see that post, they're doing gent. Now that is interesting to me because to me, metal has so few one hit wonders. And if we're gonna say that Papa Roach is metal, and you kind of have to because. You know, they, they could play with a lot of metal bands, and you know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah, I mean, they, they, and they have, you know? They, they're not going to be like, they're not, yeah. necess- you know, they're not metal, metal, but they're the poppiest of the poppiest of the poppiest of the metal. Well, but, okay, so they are... <sighs> but they're one-hit wonders. They're the reason why new metal died. And, and, they're, they're, they're the reason why... Uh, it was over yeah for new metal before it started yeah you know so that was what killed the whole thing because it made it all pop yep and it was just saucy and just it is what it is just blah but you know what it, it may have killed it but it's sort of like drowning it you need the water to survive <laughs> but when you get too much of it yeah you get you drowned and yeah. that's papa roach yeah and it's a it, well waterboarding it keeps yeah. you alive somehow somehow the fucking thing won't die <laughs> yeah, totally, it yeah. just it's still alive why is it even still around it's like <laughs> i love the way you describe papa roach is like it's like having a, a canvas bag put around your head <laughs> lean back I can have a water drip down you until you think you're going to die. And then they pull the bag up and you're alive, but you want to die anyway. Just kill me now. <laughs> the greatest description of Bob oh, ever. Oh, God. But, but they so got a new song. The song, and I'm not going to play it. I, I, I refuse to play it. Look for you got to go listen to Look it. for the post. Just search, yeah, yeah. search Metal Sucks Papa Roach uh, Gent or whatever. It was like a week ago. Uh You'll find the post, and the song is awful. I mean, it's it is. It's pretty awful, but it's interesting what they've done, right? Mm-hmm. So they've pulled some elements out of Gent and and kind of incorporated into their pop rock sound that they've got. Well, and it's, after just describing them as waterboarding, <laughs> now you're being really polite. Well, <laughs> I, okay. No, well, it's it's almost it's almost like when I'm, I'm reading the press release, you yeah, know, like, like the really bad. I'm writing the press release as I speak, well, incorporating brand new sounds into their uh, with their new efforts. And, Can yeah, I describe great. it the way it really is? Yeah, they've appropriated, stole it, ripped it out of anything that they ripped gent out of anything that matters and stuck it into. Everything that they do, which doesn't matter. Mm, well, and 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 it's not like it's the good part of the gent stuff, either. right? It's just like the the tenderest of the tender, you know. It's, oh it's my just, god, just a little, just a little bit of bounce to it. You uh-huh. know, there's not a lot there, but there's a little bit, right? And it's it's pretty, it's pretty awful. It is, it is, but, but it's interesting. But what does it signal? Yes. Now that's that to me. That's what the the question is: is is what does it actually signal to us? Is it the death of gent? Does it mean that, that <laughs> this is like this is the nail in the coffin? Is this you know this is what the, this band killed new metal? <laughs> they they were the waterboarding uh, of wa- new metal. Now they're the crucifixion <laughs> of gent. <laughs> they're gonna put it up on there and nail it to the cross. <laughs> Papa Roach are the closest thing to a serial killer in metal has ever had. <laughs> Genre serial. Uh, do they do they put a bag over its head and they're slowly <laughs> suffocating the life out of gent? Is that what's gonna happen next? I mean, is is that the possibility that we hear here, or does it signal that Gent has actually made it? Mm. Like, is it the other side of it where Gent is legitimate enough that a pop rock band sees it as something that they need to incorporate into their sound because 
It's what the kids listen to now. Or it's it, at least they maybe the kids aren't listening to it, but they hear the possibilities in it. Like even before their audience does, mm. you know, they're the tastemaker. So they, I, I think they're hearing something in Gent and going, you know, all these bands can't write a pop song with it, but we can appropriate this for our purposes. Yeah, and 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 you know, fissure it to what we're doing, and it'll work. And I, I it's interesting because I I, I f- suffered through like four or five, even the Maria <laughs> Brink guest. Song. Oh, she's on a song too. She's on a song. Oh no! So I suffered through like four of the songs. This is the only gent that I came across. I didn't even click on the post. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, like you had suggested, I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because I'm not clicking on anything with Papa Roach on it. Because, like I said, I've been waterboarded by that shit for 15 years. I'm good enough. I've so had enough of that crap over the years, and it's like I don't. I just don't. Uh, yeah, so I didn't even want to get near it, and actually, it's it's kind of interesting, just because, I mean, just like that things Metalhead say post the other day about how, you know, Jet's going to be, oh, it's just a fad, it's going to be over in three months anyway. Uh, Jet's going to be a fad, it's going to be over in three years anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it just keeps going, Yeah, you know, and it's this kind of Frankenstein that just won't die, and, and it's... And it's gotten better. You know, it's actually gotten more interesting in so many ways. And actually, I think it's gotten a lot better and, and, and evolved. And I think that this may be something that tells us that this is it's finally turning the corner into mainstream. Yeah. You know, where you see start to see that it's sort of when when metal started drifting into movie soundtracks when you that were not in horror movie soundtracks or that were borderline you know like thriller movies you'd hear a kill switch engage song in it or something you know like Mm -hmm. and i think that's this is one of those things or one of those times when i think that may be what's actually happening here is we hear this thing and it's the it's the trend yep and this old band who's looking for something to kind of breathe some life into what they had goes okay let's try this and that's exactly the way to put it to breathe some life into it because i i'm listening to the rest of the album i mean this song is the only thing that's listenable it's called falling apart by the way yeah and the rest of it is it's papa roach you know and and so this song is papa roach but it's papa roach with this like it's sort of like um it's a little bouncy undertone like it's not even it's not it's not even like it's not even like what we just heard from from lee mckinney or anything like that you know what i'm right, saying it's right. not like that yeah you know it's just a little just a little bit and i'm not and i'm not I'm, i want to like play it but i'm not gonna yeah, no. i'm not gonna <laughs> no no but i think it'd be interesting because you got to figure like more people are going to listen to papa roach the has-beens that they are, they're going to sell a hell of a lot more records than Periphery or any of these bands. And if they're playing that song when they're on tour opening for Limp Biscuit and in front of 10, 10, 12,000 bros, you know, who this is as metal as they get, they're, they're, they're going to hear something and go... I don't know what that is, but that's pretty cool. I can't wait till somebody says, uh, "Here's a periphery song." Says, Man, that sounds just like that Papa Roach song. Exactly right. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> like God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but I think it opens up one of those opportunities for like uh, for for a band like Periphery. I, you know, as great as that double album is, there's not like anything near as poppy as. What could work for Papa Roach on that album? I don't think. Oh no, no, the, like radio hit kind of no, thing or something not, like that. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. So they, it opens up this opportunity for somebody. Yeah, but when was the last time metal had a real like radio friendly hit of any kind? Even like, <sighs> or do 
Well, I think the only one that's ever been clo- or close recently was probably like Woven War. You know, I, yeah, well, I, that was not a radio hit though. No radio played that. Well, I mean, but I, it should have. But I mean, active rock kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess it really, Kill Switch Engage is probably the last real one. Or all disturbed. The, all that remains is trying it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're they're working their damnedest to get yeah. to, to make a radio hit. You know, and and changing their sound. And and there's that Devin Townsend interview where I don't did we talk about that where he like went to the pop dudes oh, to yeah. like write the like perfect pop song and he just walked away like completely like dis, dis well because the process is so different. Yeah. I mean the pro- I mean it's not a it's not a legitimate process. I yeah. mean it really isn't because it's a man it's so manufactured like but how could you I don't know. Well, and, and that, I think, that's a whole other topic. But you know? I think there's a certain amount of that that has to happen within Papa Roach. Maybe they've been able to internalize it a lot now. But, I mean, th- there's no way in hell for that second album, their major label debut, where they did not have a producer who went through and made sure that Last Resort and all those songs were perfect pop songs. Oh, so yeah. They were 19 yeah, 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 or 20 yeah. at the time. No, no, no. That's a, that, I mean, that's a, that's a purely, that's exactly what that yeah. is. I and mean, there's no way in the hell that they would get in front of a producer for this album and that producer would say, let's try this gent thing. It just, it wouldn't happen. Well, I don't know that, you know. I, I, I don't know that for sure. Well, they, I mean, because like, it, it could, it could be, you know, I mean. It it could be as simple as that. It could be somebody go, hey, let's just and the way that things are made now. I mean, that could have been a producer going, I'm going to put this in here after the fact and yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah, that's true. They may not have even put it in there for you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the, it's the, it's entirely possible. The tempo is really funky in a Jenny way, though. There's that they they, they they definitely meant for it. The algorithm. Yeah, I don't know the algorithm. <laughs> it's entirely possible to write an entire record with the algorithm. And I'd hate to say that like you know the deep track on the new Papa Roach album is a bellwether for the future of metal, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it is really interesting because i could totally see another you know that producer hearing that song going okay they didn't do it right but if we well, get somebody to do it right maybe this could really well work the with other the thing that i like to see is when you see a trend like that it kind of opens doors uh, so you start to see it creep in right it was a terrible thing that kill switch engaged like the the hit that made it on uh radio was holy diver you know, and Holy Diver was was late, so late in their career, or or so many albums in, and they had so much other shit that was before it. But that was the song that made it to the radio, right? But it opened doors for them. So like, it, it made it makes possible for My Curse to get played and a few other songs to get played. So what you find is is that if this is if a song like that that has these elements in it becomes familiar suddenly that becomes part of the pattern. And if that becomes part of the pattern, then you can incorporate other bands that have that part of the pattern in it. Yeah. So you can start to see bands like Periphery or uh, Vale of Maya or Tesseract or something like that. Or Monuments, et cetera, yeah. Anybody like, with, with those patterns built in can start to creep in on radio and creep in on those, uh, on those you know, broadcast outlets. And that's actually kind of an interesting uh, thought process you know mm-hmm. because i would never have thought in 1996 that corn would have been on the radio or right. slipknot would have been on the radio i never would have thought that but those those things sort of made it crept in little by little because metallica was able to open some doors you know like these doors were opened by pantera and disturbed and other bands and, and it got heavier and heavier and you were able to see more of that stuff so you know who knows 
this may be a good thing, but you know, I'm still drowning in my own <laughs> fluid of well, whatever be, it is. It'd be interesting too if, like, you know, more than just that guitarist who they th- let him have that track. You know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe a couple of the dudes are really into Gent, and the next Papa Roach tour, they take on the road one of those bands would they go would that would that but that would that be good if, i don't, I don't know if that'd be so good. good well it's how i don't know if it'd be good or bad but it's dillinger but, escape plan over for nine inch nails i mean yeah but that's nine inch nails man i mean that you know dude, that's legendary yeah, i mean yeah, that, exactly. that, that's different Papa Roach aren't legendary yet. Uh, no, they got to kill Back two more. Up, take me up. <laughs> <laughs> they, how many subgenres do they need to kill before they become legendary? <laughs> or to slowly drown? Either <laughs> way, outlaw Josie Wales of metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! I, why really do we just spend twenty minutes talking about Papa Roach? <laughs> all, right, all right, it's not really about them. But I'll, I'll keep telling myself. No, it really is. It's yeah. it's interesting to to kind of examine it as a as a trend or what what those what it could possibly be i'm gonna you know, keep my ear out for like any other examples of bands on that sort of when the new disturbed record comes out yeah. and it's got the elements of gent in it right or that that ninth track on the all that remains album that, that i haven't listened to all the way through is actually a gent song then you're gonna start to see you know that might it, you could be a bellwether yeah you, know, you could be an, an indicator yeah canary in the coal mine if you will i would just so, so hope that instead of one of these bands that are, their mortgages are already paid instead it's like one of these bands that we're talking about that are true tru with the umlaut with their with their with their, their trv you know what i'm saying e. yeah yeah like they you know are the ones who can figure out a way to cross over to a more bigger audience with what they're doing yeah well i I don't know i I think that in order to get into that pop realm it's just you just can't do it anymore maybe they just i think it's almost impossible i just don't i don't think anybody's willing to jump off anymore but maybe they just stop resisting well i mean periphery are uh, well they're not even considering it you know what i mean i mean i'm i'm a diehard died in the wool radio guy right yeah and i will freely admit that that we just don't bother taking chances yeah you know like mainstream radio doesn't bother taking chances and and it's and it never will yeah because there's no money in taking chances and as long as there's no money in it why why are you gonna even try and it sucks but that's the way it is and you know i'm i feel like i'm lucky that i have an opportunity to have a 24 7 metal station here that's on the air on even on an hd channel because i think it's you know it's a big chance yeah you know and it's not making any money (laughs) but i you know people are people are actually checking it out or streaming it online it's really it's pretty cool you know so i i think that Given those opportunities, and then there are still people out there that that are you know like me, us, the the metal people that are still like championing this shit. I think if we still keep pushing, we keep pushing. Yeah, and sooner or later it's going to make it. It's just the hard part is is like active rock and rock radio is just dying because you know they can't figure out how to market to eighteen to thirty four year old males 
They have no idea. Maybe it's because they're playing the wrong fucking music. They're not playing Gent. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I've been to a periphery show. They sell out. Yeah, totally. You might be able to sell a couple things to them. And who knows? Maybe that's... And they buy cell phones. Eventually somebody... And they buy computers. And they buy games. And they buy, you know... It happened for punk rock, you know? It may have been draped in talking heads and and police first, but eventually the police turns into Clash, which then turns into... You know what I mean? True. And maybe that just needs to happen. Yeah, but th- but that's With also Papa Roach but, but being the- Papa Roach. No, <laughs> no! <laughs> slowly waterboarding me to death. Awesome. <laughs> All right, gonna wrap this show up, man. Uh, thanks to Ivar for being our guest this week. And Slave, look for the new record in Times coming out. I think it's like the tenth of March or something like that. So I can't wait. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, pretty awesome. So thanks, uh, thanks to Ivar for. Being our guest this week, next week, I have no idea who's going to be on. I know that we'll be back, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and all that good stuff. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. And uh, every Monday we post, of course, right at MetalSucks.net. Uh, we'll, you leave us a message on our speak pipe when we post it up there or do whatever with that, with that sort of thing. Always a good way to be. And we talked about it a lot on the show this week, but uh, uh, 24-7, you can stream it in the U.S., nocontrolradio.com, and your uh, Friday night show I tweet about all the time. Uh, That's 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, something like that. 2 a.m. Yes, I I blast metal for three hours. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty brutal. And you can people send in your requests. You got all the new stuff. You know, it's fun. I play. I'll play the new Papa Roach next week. (laughs) No, no. Even if they request it, you wouldn't play. I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna end this show with that song. (laughs) That's a good idea.